Now I have a very, very special treat. I'm here with uh, Phil Jameson. You know him as a solo artist. You know him as a member of Grinspoon. You know him if you're into Australian music at all. He's a household name at this stage. Good morning, Phil. How are you today? I'm better for speaking with you, Robert. How are you? And happy morning to all the people over the Darling Downs Toowoomba area. I used to live in Oakey as a kid, believe it or not. So, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I went to Oakey Primary School for a, a couple of years. So it's going to be good to be getting back tomorrow, um, seeing my old stomping ground. Oh, fantastic. That's really cool. It's such a beautiful area down, down there in Oakey as well. Yeah, it's really pretty. My dad used to do so as a farmhand on the Darling Downs with a chap named Rod. So this is a long time ago, obviously. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did I did spend a bit of quality time at Oakey, Oakey, Oakey Public School. Remember the biggest thing that happened around the area at that time was Agquip. Um, that, was, that was the big thing that came into town. We'd go to the <laughs> agricultural show and check out all the tractors. Yeah, well, and you know, it, so you're speaking with me, um, not with Lee, unfortunately, he was unavailable to do this chat. It's a bit of a good thing, though, uh, because he's handed me a list of his notes. And says to ask you about Dancing with the Stars, I, I think he might have meant Phil Burton on that one. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question, um, Lee uh, Parker. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I've never got the, got the sequence on uh, as of yet, or the lycra, uh, but Phil Burton, who's an incredibly talented singer like with his human pop group human nature um yeah <laughs> they're uh they're i think they're doing where, where are they at the moment they're, i think they might have just done the big red bash mm. um out of interest uh which is in birdsville i believe um I think out west yeah yeah performed out there they're doing the, uh, the, the, the 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 tina turner the the nutbush World record as well. Yeah, they always seem well. They get a lot of people there, and a lot of people know the choreography to the Nutbush. I don't know how to dance the Nutbush. I know really? the Macarena there. Yeah, but yeah, maybe that's why I'm not on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> that's that's the test. You have to be able to do the Nutbush, and they let you in. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Grinspoon, of course, uh, the first band to win on Earth. So you guys, sort of up and coming with. Um, you know, this Australian youth radio and everything like that. What was that sort of, what was that like to be at sort of the, at the forefront of that, that, that whole scene? Well, I guess the thing is you never know you're at the forefront, do you? You're mm. just there. Um, it's hard to really know it when you're in it. So uh, back when we were unearthed all those years ago, um, yeah, I guess it was a very healthy rock and roll scene in Australia. There probably still is now. Uh, but at the time, um, you know, you had television programs like Recovery on the ABC, which was, you know, promoting a lot of great Aussie bands. And, mm. you know, the, the, that mid to late 90s era of, um, I'm going to say, you know, you've got obviously the bigger hitters like You and My Super Chip, Powderfinger, and then Living in Super Jesus, Us, Jebediah, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. a lot of really great. And the, the one thing that strikes me about looking back at it now that, uh, I think that all of those bands I just mentioned were all doing very different things. There wasn't really mm. one sort of particular sound or scene. Oh, that great recursion had an incredible Queensland band out of Brisbane that were at the forefront of that as well. So, um, yeah, I think everyone was very much doing their own thing. But what was it like? I guess it was incredibly fun, to be perfectly honest. It was just a, a great ride, and it still is. I, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit young uh, to sort of um, get on that. That was all sort of happening when I was, you know, um, still wearing nappies, you know. So, um, but, you know, Grinspoon, um, huge part of my life. Uh, the song Chemical Heart, I remember that being 
huge uh, on the radio at the time when I was just sort of becoming more aware of music. And so it was such a huge sort of like, you know, one of the first songs that I could recognize and sort of, oh, it's this song again, this song. You know, so it's just an absolutely incredible sort of experience to be able to have grown up with such great Aussie music. And you guys were a huge part of that for me and I'm guessing for so many other people my age. Yeah, I mean that's really nice of you to say, Rob. I um yeah, it's uh it's been a it's been a good it's been a good ride, no doubt about it. Now, don't just want to ask you about Grinspoon, although I could ask you about Grinspoon all day because I'm a very very big fan. Uh, I'd I'd love to ask you about um the rights, if um, what, so what was it sort of like as you were in that sort of it was like a super group with um you know Chris Chain from Living End, Cram from Spiderbait, and you were singing vocals on one of the um, uh, EV Part Three, was it? Correct. So around, I'm going to say it was 04 or thereabouts, um, a band exploded across the world they were called Jet. They were out of Melbourne. I became friends with the singer Nick Sester. Um, and he, during his fame and fortune, he decided to do a song to raise some money for Stevie Wright, who was the singer of the Easy Beats um, and was going through some hard times. Mm. Uh, so we went and recorded EV Parts 1, 2 and 3. Um, with Nick, uh, Bernard Fanning from Powderfinger was part of the ride yes. as well. Um, and we did it all for charity and yeah, it was a really wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah, it's a nice, nice thing to do for charity. Nice to give back. Um, yeah, especially to Stevie. And I think, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it's such a banging song. So it was nice to be able oh, to yeah. be a part I, of that. I, I remember that just being flogged on the radio as well when I was a kid and just thinking, oh, this is, this is incredible. I didn't know it was a, a cover at the time. I thought it was just a... <laughs> You know, a new yeah. song? Yeah, I think because it was recorded like in the late 70s, I'm going to say, um, mm. by the time we tracked it in 03, 04, if you, if you weren't aware of that late 70s Aussie music. And also it's a bit of a sleeper hit, you know, like it not, people yeah. know it, but they didn't know where, where it was from. So, And Nick did such a great rendition of Pulse. I mean, Nick can sing the phone book, let's be honest. He's an incredible singer. Mm. Uh, and so can Bernard. So <laughs> I was in good company. Certainly. And, uh, of course, working with uh, Chris Chaney as well. That's not the only time you've uh, worked with Chris Chaney, though, as well. You've, you're working, you're doing some upcoming concerts uh, celebrating the White Album. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I've been working with Chris Chaney uh, since, like, 1996, trying to get him to stop drinking. <laughs> no, I joke. Uh, look, Chris and I have been friends for a long time, um, and I'm going out in September. The Beatles' White Album is a really, uh, really quite a complex record mm, okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's, saying works, so, uh, that's saying something yeah <laughs> yeah it works uh, as a as a as a concert piece incredibly well because uh, it's it's really there's some really incredible moments on it but really weird and flawed moments on it as well which i just think attracts uh, a great um you know like there's, there's a lot of push and pull as far as watching it live We've done it a few times, actually. I think this, we first started doing it in 2008. Um, this might be the fourth time we've gone out and done Whitey, as we like to call it. Yeah. Uh, and um, Yeah, it's a two drummers, a 17-piece orchestra kind of thing. Um, and Tim Rogers from my Josh Pike solo artist, Chris Cheney, and myself all get up and sing these incredible Beatles tracks. I, White album from start to finish. So it's not it, as much it, as... Even, even Revolution number nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the record as it as, as <laughs> wow. So I think that a lot of those Beatles shows that do go around just really concentrate on maybe you know uh, Penny Lane and Let It Be, which are great songs. But this is actually yeah, the more accessible of, uh, of their hits. Well, yeah, and um, I think this this actual concert is 
is great, but it's actually a little bit challenging as well, which is really fun. And um, I love it. It's really to see the audience reactions during piggies or, or some of those kind of weirder songs mm. is, is really fun. But um, yeah, it's been, um, it's been a great ride for us doing that, do, doing those shows. So we, we love the opportunity that it brings playing the opera house and, and venues like that to, you know, it's, um, it's always a nice, nice to go to work at the opera house. Let's be honest. I, I imagine it's really cool sort of getting to sort of expand out sort of uh, into outside of your comfort zone a little bit as well. Um, yeah, it's a challenging record. It's challenging for the artist, but it's also challenging for the audience. And I think that's why it is, it's, uh, it's, it's actually very satisfying to, when you actually finish the show um, from, from my perspective, but also the audience seems to, seems to love it as well. It's a, it, it, it's a really mm. great, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. And speaking of challenging, I have to ask, because I, I imagine this would have been a big change as well, um, when you sort of stepped into uh, theatre uh, playing St. Jimmy in the American Idiot musical. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting time for me. Uh, that was a great uh, Queensland production company called Shake and Stir, um, who, who brought out American Idiot. Um, I also worked with Chris on that as well, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> he seems to follow me around, that guy. So, yeah, theatre was a, a different discipline altogether, but uh, something that I think that anyone that's done sort of performing arts in some ways um, recognises the, the, the discipline that, that's involved in theatre. Uh, rock and roll, you know, you're, you're in one city and then you leave and then you're in the next town. Uh, whereas in theatre, you're often in in cities for six months on a run. So I found that to be the, the cha- uh, challenge, uh, just getting to a new home and, and working out the ins and outs of Adelaide in February in the summer, which is very hot. Um, but uh, look, I, American Idiot uh, was, uh, yeah, I got to sing and dance and I learned a lot about, I guess you're doing eight shows a week. So you're learning a lot about, I guess, um, protection of your voice and mm. protection of your health and just making sure your stamina is there. It's only just going to make your vocal talents go from strength to strength as well, I'm sure. It was really helpful for me. Yeah, I actually learned a lot at the age of whatever I was when I went, when I went into the studio, so well, the, the, that actual performance. So it was a great learning curve for me, and I still am really close friends with a lot of the people that I performed that with. It was very fortuitous. Yeah, and, um, and of course, um, you've got your new album out as well. just came out just last year. Yeah, it's almost 12 months old, somebody else. So, yeah, that was kind of done during the, I guess, the virus times. Um, mm. You know, uh, tw- twiddling my thumbs at home. And, um, so, yeah. Not much else to do re- when you're lock- in lockdown, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've got the advantage of living in regional Australia, like you guys do, I guess. So, we didn't have it as rough as the metropolis places mm. in some ways. Um but, yeah, look, it was, um, yeah, so this record came out last year. I'm coming to I'm coming to Bodega Bar tomorrow night, actually, which is going to be beautiful. I'm bringing Dana German with me, who's this incredible um, soul blues performer for, out of Brisbane. Um, mm. She's going to be support. And, um, yeah, it's just me. I'm a lonesome out of Bodega Bar. Um, you're you're also uh, going to be catching up with uh, mates of mine, Cardboard Cutouts, Elliot oh, yeah. and Campbell from that band. Uh, I love gr- Elliot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, they're, they're such a nice guy. So talented as well. It's Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, Cardboard Cutouts are playing. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't visited Swimber. I think it must be for over 10 years. So it's going to be nice to get back there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Phil. It was absolutely lovely getting to catch up with you. Thanks, uh, thanks, Rob. And um, pass on my best to Lee. And uh, hope he's enjoying this season 
of Dancing with the Stars, um, <laughs> especially following Phil Burton's trajectory through the competition. I'm, I'm tipping him to come second. Well, I, I feel like he's more likely to watch that in the state of origin. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, go the Blues. Uh, looking forward to basking in a New South Wales victory on stage tomorrow night at, uh, at the Bodega Bar. I'll wear my jersey. Uh, best of luck to you, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. All right. Thanks so much for that, Phil. That was that was absolutely incredible. That's sort of the first uh, interview I've been able to do, so that was really cool. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you too. Thanks again. Talk soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.